All right. Happy Monday and welcome to Newsmax Daily for July 24th, 2023, the fourth of five Mondays this month. There are now 160 days left in the year. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Obviously, I did not win the Mega Millions, the Lotto. I didn't even win a few bucks on Fantasy Five. So we keep forging ahead and fighting the good fight, right? By the way, the Mega Millions will now be pushing a billion dollars for this week as well. Today, on a Monday of all days, it's National Tequila Day, which was officially recognized by the Mexican government back in 2018 for a tequila to be named a tequila. It has to be made in a certain place. And that place is Mexico. July 24th is also Cousins Day. And you know the old saying, you can't help who your family is, but they're still family. And if you have a couple of cousins that you're close to, maybe give them a call today, shoot them a text, an email, whatever. Even if you're not close, if they're your cousin, make some contact. And if you are in close contact with a cousin, maybe drink some tequila with them today reminisce about the good old days, like when Washington wasn't nearly as much of a mess as it is today, and when no American athlete would have disrespected the American flag or the national anthem. If you watched, read, or listened to any news over the weekend, you heard and will certainly hear a lot more about it today as the U.S. women's national soccer team, some of the players, not all, some of the team did not acknowledge the national anthem or place their hands on their hearts during the playing of the national anthem at the very first game of the FIFA World Cup in Vietnam. And, you know, this isn't like Orlando versus Salt Lake City or something. This is the World Cup. The entire world watching. More from Mike Carter on Sunday Report with political advisor and media advocate Ford O'Connell. Uh, Ford, in recent years, a lot of the talk about this U.S. women's soccer team has been about equal pay. Last year, the U.S. Soccer Federation revised the contracts of the men's and women's teams, so much so that now they'll each get an equal share of the prize money for each World Cup game. But uh, we crunched the numbers this week to see how deserving that equal pay raise was for the women. I think we have a graphic to show you. Uh, we'll take a look at the viewership first. Uh, viewerships, let's take a look at the 2022 Men's World Cup final game, the last game they played in the World Cup, 1.5 billion viewers worldwide. You compare that to the most recent 2019 Women's World Cup final, 260 million viewers worldwide. Let's take a look at the revenue, how that uh, shapes up. Uh, revenue, 2022 Men's World Cup final, 7.5 billion compared to the 2019 Women's World Cup, 766 million. Let's leave those numbers up for just a second. That's the amount of money in total that each World Cup brought in, women bringing in about a tenth of the number that the men did. And now that's not to demean the women in any way, but it's simply to show, look, the men are bringing in more money. Should they not be paid more uh, commensurate with the amount of money that they're bringing in? Ford. Well, look, CNN and a lot of other liberal media is basically pushing this idea that the women's team is not getting equal pay. And as you just showed, they're getting 21 quarter of what the men are, and they're only bringing in one-tenth of the revenue. Let's remember, the World Cup is a professional sport. If anything, the women's team is getting paid more than the men's team when you actually crunch the numbers. So there is no equal pay disparity. You are paid what you are worth. And Melanie is absolutely right, by the way. There are 32 World Cup teams participating in this event. 
in terms of countries, some of the worst human rights violators, China, Haiti, Zambia, guess what? They are all standing up for their country and singing their anthem loudly. And the United States is looking like a bunch of spoiled brats. Equal pay, women's rights, and the rights of the LGBTQ community have all been cited as reasons for the protests, which began actually back in the last World Cup. You know, we live in the United States. You know, she can be unpatriotic because she lives in the United States. We are so privileged here in the United States that we can complain about things like not using the correct pronoun. And we can whine about a song that is racist because of where it was filmed. Because we live in the United States. And that's what really makes me angry about all of this, this entire agenda. Yeah. That's Melanie Collette, former vice chair of the New Jersey Federation of Republican Women. Being an American, yes, gives them the right and the freedom to do that if they so choose. But that doesn't mean that most Americans are going to like it or accept it. Last week, I said, I know how you may feel, but they still represent the United States and we still want them to win. Well, Now, there is a large portion of the country that is actually rooting against them, hoping that they lose, hoping the U.S. loses. And that's really unfortunate for the U.S. and for other players on the team, like Alex Morgan, who proudly stood with her hand on her heart and sang. And it's sad for the young patriotic fans as well. Last week's House hearings with the IRS whistleblower testimony, the weaponization of the government with RFK Jr.'s testimony, and the immigration hearing on the border all continued to dominate the news throughout the weekend as well. This from Wake Up America Weekend Edition. The administration's policies related to the border are a recipe for disaster, and I'm not a MAGA lunatic, okay? Without border security, we have no country. Thank you very much. And for the ranking member, sorry we're wasting your time. Hold on a minute. Why you reference me? Because in your opening statement, you said that this was a charade, it was a waste of time, whatever words you used, I, and I, the kids are dying at record levels, and I don't appreciate that. Look, I said nothing. Hold on. The ranking member is not recognized. Wow. I, I mean, listened that, to that when it happened. And that's I was like, one of the most contentious committee. I, I had a lot of committee hearings in Congress. That was one of the most contentious hearings. Do me, can you walk us through what you felt like at that moment and, and why it's important for people to care about what's happening at our border? Thank you for asking. First of all, I was there representing families from around America who are burying their dead kids. And I also work very closely with law enforcement, so I'm very current on the trends that are going on in the country. Jason Jones, who's an expert on the border and the cartels, came up to testify, to educate the Congress, to make sure America understands what's really going on. Here's the difference. Jason lives on the border every day, and the Beltway folks live in a bubble, so they don't know. Bottom line is, is that we went there to deliver information, and it was very upsetting to hear this senior-level ranking member official basically saying it was a waste of his time. He actually referred to this as a groundhog day with Southwest border issues. Well, I'm sorry the Mexican cartels and the Chinese criminals are invading our country and there's a full-scale attack on our kids. This is not something to uh, joke about. And I didn't go there with any kind of political, like, agenda. And he, and he referred to MAGA extremists like seven times in his opening remarks. So it was really upsetting. The families are upset. Actually, many of the families now want to send them the funeral notices and the obituaries of their kids to his house. Wow. And because they're so upset. 
That's former director of special operations for the DEA, Derek Maltz, on Wake Up America Weekend Edition. And the ranking member of the committee he's talking about is Mississippi Congressman Benny Thompson. I'm embarrassed for the Republican majority, wasting the committee's time on so-called investigations. Today's hearing is yet another stunt to appease that crowd. He's not embarrassed as a Democrat of what's happening at the border because of the Biden administration policies, but he's embarrassed that other members of Congress, his colleagues, are trying to do something about it. Mr. Maltz also mentioned Newsmax border correspondent Jason Jones, who lives on the border and reports from the border every day and should win an Emmy Award, also testified at the hearing. Jason, you've testified. Talk to us a little bit briefly uh, in about a minute or so about your experience at this hearing. Uh, Sarah, Michael, it's good to be with you this morning, you know, and it's great to be. And I appreciate the great work of Derek Maltz being there to testify as well. That's an American hero there trying to represent uh, American families who've lost their loved ones across this country. Listen, the whole point of this hearing and for going up there was to try to illuminate the operations of the cartels to understand the evolution of what they've done. They've gone from organized crime in 06 into an insurgency when we saw them fighting back against the Calderon administration and then into terrorism as they were conducting mass murders of migrants and Mexican citizens throughout Mexico. You know, you may remember the 300 men, women and children killed in Allende and the list goes on. And then finally, where we see them today is a true parallel government. You know, in the discussion you're having right now uh, with Derek and your other guests there, you know, talk about the weaponization of fentanyl. This is a great example. They've gone from regular fentanyl, created, changed the analogs, created parafentanyl, then serafentanyl. And now what are they doing? They're intermixing xylazine. And there's a whole other set of xylazine categories coming in now that are going to more weaponized fentanyl. The problem is the American public and our elected leaders are not aware of it. And one last thing I want to say here real quick, and that is that One of the things that I told them is that we have to understand how the cartels operate. They do not fear the United States government. They don't fear the Mexican government. What they fear are their rivals. And this is why they keep getting worse and worse, because they have to. Because if they don't, their fear is that another cartel will take them over. So what happens? They keep becoming more and more hyper-violent and getting more and more military-grade weapons from around the world. This is why they have surface-to-air missiles now. So if you tried to literally fly over the Sierra Mountains to go in on some of the bosses like El Mencho and El Mayo. I mean, this is the level of armory that they're up against. So this is no longer a law enforcement operation. And that's really what we were trying to come across with. Newsmax border correspondent Jason Jones on Wake Up America Weekend Edition. As I mentioned, the conversation on the House hearing of the Hunter Biden investigation and the FBI document released by Senator Chuck Grassley continued over the weekend as well. More from host Lydia Serrani. The document dates back to June of 2020 and details why Hunter Biden was kept on the board of Burisma by its owner. Quote, Zelashki made some comment that although Hunter Biden was stupid and his dog was smarter, he needed to keep Hunter Biden on Burisma's board so everything will be okay. But that's not all. The Burisma owner admitted to the source in 2016 that, quote, it cost $5 million to pay one Biden and $5 million to another Biden. More reaction and commentary from New York Republican Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, member of the House Ways and Means Committee. Thank you, Congresswoman, for joining us this evening on The Count. First of all, your reaction to to this bombshell document and the fact that the left wing media didn't even cover it. Yeah, well, first of all, we knew this happened. And Joe Biden was so brazen and so arrogant that he made that statement. And now we have the proof. 
And I think the, it's, it's just shocking that the other media isn't covering this, especially in the mainstream media, because they're in the tank with Joe Biden. They're trying to protect him. I look back at, at Watergate. You know, the Democrats uh, destroyed Richard Nixon. But think about this. This is the way it really needs to be framed by the American people. The people that work for Richard Nixon committed a crime, and he committed the cover-up. Joe Biden has committed a crime, and he's involved in committing the, the cover-up using the FBI, the Department of Justice, and, and, not, and, and not being held accountable. And uh, you just had uh, my colleague, uh, Congressman Burleson, on, and what can we do? Well, what we need to do, we can't prosecute Joe Biden at the federal level because we don't control the FBI and the DOJ. But what we should do is start with impeaching Merrick Garland. He is a dirty cop. He is running the most corrupt FBI. It, it, it makes your eyes, your, your face blush what he has done at the FBI. The fact that these whistleblowers were able to come forward, thank goodness for our system, that we had a whistleblower blower portal created by the Ways and Means Committee, Chairman Jason Smith, so they could come forward, and yet there's still retaliation from the IRS. We see retaliation and slow walking from the FBI and from DOJ. And the whistleblowers themselves said, had we had this form released by Chuck Grassley or Senator Grassley, we could have connected the dots. We could have put the suspicious activity reports. We could have put the, 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 the financial uh, phony organizations or, or shell organizations put together by the Biden administration that you heard uh, Congressman Comer talking about. And we could have connected all the dots and Joe Biden would be liable for bribery, for money laundering. And this, again, is not about Hunter. It's about Joe That's right. using his position to leverage and enrich himself and his family at the expense of the American people and the American taxpayers. That's New York Congresswoman Claudia Tenney on Newsmax. There was also new polling on the 2024 presidential election and circumstances surrounding the race that were released over the weekend. And some of it was quite different from what we've seen up to this point. And I'll remind you again that there is a long way to go and a lot is going to happen between now and next November. Polling, again, traditionally misleading and inaccurate. But a Harvard University Harris poll released over the weekend shows Donald Trump maintaining a massive lead on his Republican opponents and shows Trump winning a hypothetical race against President Biden by five points and beating Vice President Kamala Harris by nine points if the borders are were to be the Democratic nominee if Joe doesn't make it a likely scenario. And there are some other specific polling questions that I wanted to point out, mainly being this. Again, this is the Harvard-Harris poll asking, if President Biden does not run in 2024, who would you prefer to be the Democratic candidate? 44%, this is really hard to believe, 44% of voters who participated in the poll supposedly said they would want Vice President Kamala Harris. 22% said Robert Kennedy Jr., 13% said someone else, 7% said Marianne Williamson. Don't forget about her. Another question was, do you think that President Biden is mentally fit to serve as president of the United States, or do you have doubts of his mental fitness? 41% said he is mentally fit. 41%. However, 68% of Americans surveyed said he is showing signs of being too old to serve. So just eliminate the mentally fit wording 
And 68% of the people surveyed said he is showing signs that he's too old to serve. On the Republican side, they questioned if the Republican primary was down to two choices, Governor Ron DeSantis and President Donald Trump, who would you choose to run? 63% said Trump, 37% said DeSantis. Same question for South Carolina to Senator Tim Scott. 71% Trump, 29% Tim Scott. However, and this has to be concerning for the DeSantis camp, although I'm sure they're already very concerned, but the governor continues to say he doesn't listen to polling, he doesn't care about polling, but a Fox Business News poll actually shows former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley moving past DeSantis into second place behind Donald Trump in their poll. I also think that for whatever reason, Fox is now distancing themselves, distancing themselves from DeSantis. But the poll had Trump at 48 percent, Haley at 14 percent, DeSantis at 13 with Tim Scott behind him at 10 percent. So again, Nikki Haley jumping above Ron DeSantis into second place in the Fox News business poll. And I will tell you all along, right from the beginning, I thought Nikki Haley would be a perfect vice presidential pick for Trump, but her campaign is basically an anti-Trump campaign, so not sure if and how that would work. Speaking of anti-Trump campaigns, former New Jersey Bridgegate governor Chris Christie is at 2% in the Fox Business News poll. Also, Mick Mulvaney, President Trump's former chief of staff, personally told me that Nikki Haley is dumb as rocks. So if Mick Mulvaney thinks that, President Trump might think that as well. I don't know. But expect to hear a lot about these polling numbers today and tonight. Also in the news today, I told you about the U.S. soldier who crossed the DMZ last week. The United Nations says it's communicating with North Korea now over detained U.S. Private Travis King. General Andrew Harrison of the U.N. Command speaking with reporters in Seoul, South Korea today. That process has started, but you forgive me because of the very delicate nature of these negotiations if I don't go into any more detail about that. The Pentagon did say last week that Private King knowingly and intentionally went into North Korea. I'm not sure why you would do that, but... They are supposedly communicating now with the North. Wall Street is in the green thus far today. This week going to be a very, very busy week. The busiest week, in fact, of the whole summer with more than 150 S&P companies, including Microsoft, Alphabet, which is Google, and Meta, which is Facebook and Instagram, uh, as well as other things. All reporting earnings today. On Wednesday, the Fed, the Federal Reserve, they'll announce if they're going to raise interest rates again or not. Also, something that will definitely move the markets. And don't forget, Newsmax is available on most major cable systems. If you are not yet watching Newsmax TV for some reason, you can get it on AT&T, Comcast, Cox Cable, Xfinity, Spectrum, Dish, DirecTV, and many others. It's also on your favorite platforms like Apple TV, Amazon Roku, Zumo, and more. This is the Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Monday and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.